Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to the NeuroDive podcast. There's a you? microphone. There's a microphone. What do you mean there's a microphone? There's a microphone. There's a camera. Do you mean on your phone? <laughs> this is Dom, everyone, by the way. <laughs> and I'm not editing this, Dom. No, so, I was going to cut. No, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> <laughs> Should we start again? No, no, no you're right. Oh, you're right. Oh, People man. understand, mate. They put up with me. Oh, if they man. listen to this, they put up with me already. Um, bit of an unusual one for, for the NeuroDive pod. Usually, I'm talking about exclusively neurodiversity, talking to awesome autistic people or people that have a connection with neurodiversity. But today, I'm going to be talking about piggybacking. Um, but there is a bit of a connection. I mean, more and more now, if anyone's uh, heard me talk to uh, Dr. Chloe Farahar of Academy and talked about neurodiversity before, there's a bit of a, a kind of paradigm or understanding now that mental health is kind of a acquired neurodivergence so something's happened maybe some sort of trauma or maybe not um, and the wiring in your brain leading you to change your behavior and experience perhaps poor mental health um so that's kind of what we're talking about today that and piggybacking because i don't know who wants to do the story should i just carry on yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely this is pete by the way Hi. I'll introduce all the characters in a minute, but essentially to raise money for the charity Mind for mental health, um, myself and Pete piggybacked each other for a marathon. So 26.21 miles, I think, although we actually did a little bit more because of my poor route planning. Um, so we did it last Friday. Yep, six yeah. days ago. Six days ago. Um, and we're joined also by Dom. Dom was our piggyback angel. He turned up at five in the morning, filmed, followed on his bike, brought us supplies when we were in dire need of sugar and caffeine and some water. Um, and was also there, you know, throughout the whole thing, sort of geeing us up. Cracking the whip. Quack, yeah, there wasn't just too much whipping. I think that would make me fall over. Yeah. So I wanted to get these guys on today to kind of talk over our achievement, because I do feel it's an achievement, even if... No one else out there does, but they, lots of people do. Lots of people have been really, really kind about it, and, and we raised what was it, three and a half, three point six k. We're up to at the moment. Achievement, and the, the fundraising is still continuing as we speak, isn't it? It's not yeah. over yet. So give us some money. Figure out the moment. Once you've heard the story, anyway, give us some money. So we, we I wanted to talk to these give guys us about all the event. The money, <laughs> not some. All right, Bob Geld on, um, <laughs> and uh, but also sort of just chat about mental health. Um, because the, you know there are some reasons why we went down and, and wanted to do this. And actually, I'm going to hand over to Pete by just, I guess, reminding him that it was apparently about a year ago, according to our Facebook feed, yeah. that we were here at this undisclosed venue. Um, you were giving me a sports massage because my back had gone, because I'm mm -hmm. an old man, and we got talking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And here we are. Went back yeah, it's... Party went back to my place. Yeah. <laughs> you know the old classic story. Yeah, no, it was... It um, starts with a massage. A year ago, uh, yeah, two days ago, it came up on my Facebook feed. And it's been a, been a hell of a 12 months planning this, trying to get it done in the summer. Um, injuries coming up and obviously getting it done last week. But, you know, we kind of hooked up at the end of 2020, the year of the pandemic. The year will go down in history, I'm sure. Um, hopefully, we, it's like the, the one-off. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it won't carry on. Who knows? But we're not here to talk about that. That's uh, that's a whole Political other rabbit it, yeah. hole in itself. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we we caught up and we hadn't seen each other due to lockdowns and things like that. As many people probably you know feel how they were with their friends, 
and uh, kind of enlightened Sam as to the year that I'd had regarding my mental health and what had happened during the pandemic. Um, a lot of people, as I'm sh sure, I found like my way of life, my structure was taken away from me. Um, just historically, like I'd known that I'd had some issues with my mental health, especially mm -hmm. when it came to kind of drinking um, and escaping from reality. As I, I further learned that that's that was what I was using, um, as well as taking drugs. And um, as I found through the pandemic, as I'm sure many people can relate, a lot of Zoom meetings. I was trying to do Zoom PT. Um, as we got through the weeks, I would be sat there at five in the evening with a, you know, a, a plastic cup that wasn't see-through with a beer in it because I found that was a, a way to get through. And this just got progressively worse and worse um, as we went moved through last summer uh, to a point where I was, you know, drinking pretty much every day, taking drugs, um, and and just to function. Well, you say you say functioning, you know, addict, al alcoholic, but you know, you take away the drink and drugs, and you realise you're not functioning that well at all. The irony of that. But um, I, I, yeah, I, I reached a point um, at the end of August where I pretty much got in my car to not come home. Um, you know, I went to drive up to Dartmoor about three in the morning, um, and uh, you know, I was. I was, you know, driving and just in tears. I uh, just couldn't do it anymore. I think I'd been on, you know, on a 10-day sort of binge. Um, and it, it just got too much and something told me to turn around. And I got home and I knew I needed help. So I, I called up some, you know, drug and alcohol services in the morning. I'd explained exactly what had happened, uh, that I was feeling suicidal. Um, I didn't want to be here anymore. They did a consultation with me. And the words that they used was, well, stay safe and we'll give you a call back in the next 10 days. And I knew at that point that I didn't have 10 days. And I, you know, I turned around to my housemate um, and I was like, I need to go to rehab. And um, yeah, so I got booked up and I went to residential rehab for five weeks, which gave me some tools to use um, to, to obviously just improve my mental health contingent on what I'm doing on a daily basis you know and it's you know I'm on my road to recovery and my mental health is so much better than it was I have my good days and my bad days um and I was telling Sam at the time you know um I, I really want to do something and and have a platform to share my experience because a lot of people look at me within especially the health and fitness industry for those of you that are in it I know it can be quite um a lot of people do, can describe personal trainers as kind of hairdressers with muscles there's a lot of gossip <laughs> that goes on there's a lot of bitchiness that can happen in the gym environment kind of dog eat dog testosterone ego filled environments and showing vulnerability in those places can be um you know seen I don't know like and that's that's where I'm at now. I'm comfortable with being vulnerable and, and, and sharing because I know it empowers me and it can help empower other people. So it sounds like a lot of pressure. Yeah, that's it. And especially when business is involved around well being and being healthy, it's not the sort of thing that you really desire to talk about. Um, you know, I'm I'm not looking after myself, you know. Um and what I found it was escape for me to caretake my clients, take on their problems, help them with their problems on a day to day basis, try and counsel them. When realistically I should have been, and I have now, you know, I signpost them off to mental health specialists and professionals if I feel like someone needs the help because that's the, that's the the path that I've taken, and and learnt to cope with life. You know what I mean? And um, you know, I feel like the important thing is that I need to be working on my mental health continuously now. 
Like it's not something I can give up. Like when we train, we, we train to be in a certain condition for an environment. Again, I need to train my mind to stay healthy, to stay fit, to be able to take on the stress of the world because that's just the way my brain is. If I'm not doing the work, I'm not gonna get the results of finding this kind of inner, yeah, yeah, finding this kind of you know, serenity that I've managed to achieve most of the time um, through 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 working the steps that I've learned at rehab, through extensive counselling, um, you know, up to a couple of times a week, investing a lot of money. You know, people will um, readily go out there and you know get a personal trainer, spend money on food supplements, even like aesthetics products, and you know. Well, that kind of stuff to make them feel and look better. But what I invite people to do is also, are you investing in your mental health if you're not feeling right? Because one of the best things I've done is actually just tackled that head on, got brave, invested in in talking about my issues, um, you know, and, and looking at kind of like past things. And obviously, like you've already mentioned, things that happened in the past causes some trauma. Um, I've, I've had a similar um, happenings through my childhood that have been, uh, addressed just in terms of like monkey see monkey do behavioral issues when my dad was an alcoholic and um, you know some of the behavioral patterns were very much ingrained with me I was always like a heavy drinker thought I was one of those happy-go-lucky people and I was just out for a good time but I ended up in a seriously lonely place and it wasn't about having fun it was just about escaping reality for a long time so um, yeah but just by sharing through this you know I've gotten to 12-step recovery, counselling, um, you know, and addiction is about avoidance. That's one of the things that I've learned. If you can, not everyone might be able to kind of relate to drinking drugs, but it, usually most people have some form of addiction, whether it's sex, whether it's food, whether it's caffeine, you know, uh, we, we all have the stuff in us. But Christ, we, I don't, I don't, I struggle by the sex addiction, I get major withdrawal, I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, even exercise is addictive. Even right? exercise and training. That, that triggers the dopamatic reward system kicks off endorphins. It's, it's the way our brains actually work. Yeah, that reward yeah, system. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, our brain wants something. And um, you know, a lot of time of addiction, you know, the amygdala is, is telling you in terms of a craving that you want something. And the acronym used is HALT, which is hungry, uh, angry, lonely, or tired. And like just stopping and thinking something simple like that, like what do I actually need? It's probably not a crate of beer right now. Right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, but just in terms of uh, my, you know, that looking at some theory into psychology and also just running a 12 step program, I want to make people aware that if you are struggling, especially at this time of year when it's dark and you're not getting a lot of vitamin D, um, you know, everything else that's going on in the world, if people are struggling with addiction, there are some free services available locally. AA, CA, NA group meetings are available and people like-minded that do not judge are out there to help support you and sponsor you through step-by-step -step through a 12-step program, which just, if, basically it's one of those things where, you know, I say you can't think and feel your way into better acting, but you can act your way into better thinking and feeling. So absolutely, yeah. So just by taking daily actions, I'm able to be stable and be happy and be grateful for what I have because there's you know there's been times where I haven't. By taking daily inventory and doing gratitude lists, if something comes up, one of the big things with addiction, the big five they say is resentment, jealousy, envy, frustration, and fear. And if something comes up, to be able to write down and process your your thoughts and feelings. It's usually some part of you that doesn't accept the way that life is going. 
Um, you know, and acceptance is the answer to all of my problems, usually, because I'm trying to run the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and as person, places, things and situations that I can't control. Um, and that's what I've come to learn. So, you, you know, but, but there is a solution is what I want to tell people. I've had a problem and there is a solution. And that's that, that's the kind of take home that I want to go through today and why we went through this big old feat. <laughs> well, that was, so that was a hell of a sports massage oh, yeah. when Pete let me know all of this, which he didn't at the time. And actually, I have to say, mate, fair play to sharing that. That's a pretty brave thing to do. Really appreciate it because it's not... Well, I don't think it's an easy thing to sort of show yourself at your most raw. But mm. actually, I guess as you kind of touched on it, people see it, sometimes see it in themselves as a weakness, but actually it's a, it's a real strength to know both your best self and your potentially worse self and, and, yeah. and be able to kind of balance those two things out. Absolutely. And I think with addiction as well, it is recognised as an illness mm-hmm. um, and not to run it's down, easier. yeah, and not to run down, you know, the road of self-pity. I've, you know, I've been there. Oh God, I've been there. But, you know, if, if most people were diagnosed with an illness, a lot of people would feel sorry for them. But what can happen, uh, and, and it, it creates a lot of fears that you get judged. Mm-hmm. Again, because it feels like a weakness. But no, it's okay. It's an illness, but it is treatable. You know, um, and it's the suffering in silence that kills people. You know, and it's um, absolutely natural what you're talking about there was something I was thinking a minute ago. It's absolutely natural um, to have these self-preservation tools to kick in. The fear of being judged is an absolutely natural thing for people to not open up in, due to fear of, of being judged. And what other people think can be important. You've always got an, for every action is an equal and opposite reaction. So. I've often found in life that you, you can take the attitude that, well, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks mm-hmm. or it doesn't matter what they think. But you know, I became the victim of an acid attack. And at the time of my attack, uh, it was a stranger who was an unstable person. And I was more concerned with what was wrong with the chap to perceive any danger. Mm. So there is a, an element of truth that you should have a concern uh, for what other pe- people think because cause and effect is a thing. If somebody thinks negatively towards you, they may speak negatively about you. You may have smear campaign, campaigns locally or you may uh, receive negative energy from this person. But on the other hand, you don't want to box yourself in and sit and suffer in silence. Mm. Um, so I think it is very brave to, to go through those boundaries. If you've perceived the danger, it's not putting you in danger. Uh, break, break the fear of being judged if it doesn't put you in danger and, and open up. And, and in those situations, I. I've often found that other people with that same mindset, uh, they find it inspiring because because it is, it is a brave brave thing to do. It's an inspirational thing to do as well, and you can reach out and connect with other people, mm-hmm. and 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 we're connected through su- suffering. Mm-hmm. I've often found that people lack compassion on a on a, a general level. Uh, if you're not the one in this situation, you you quite often find people don't like people suffering from a victim mentality or with a sob story. Some somebody might say, "Oh, you know, he's trying to manipulate," mm. um, because it requires empathy, which is a lot of uh, a lot of energy and a lot of uh, function of the brain functionality to to be able to empathise. We're sharing energy and negatively impacted by somebody else's story. Depending on how empathetic one is, it could be really upsetting to hear something really traumatic. But when you do reach out and when you do, you have got what it takes to share your story you may find that you're suddenly meeting people coming into your life that you could never have imagined and then you find out something about somebody you would never have known mm. you know you suddenly connected with someone on a level which is a spiritual thing that you couldn't mm. you know you often can't put it into words 
you find out somebody that you you were inspired by, perhaps idolised, had 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 a horrendous upbringing or suffering, or was going through something at home or some trauma, and they were keeping it to themselves. And then we sort of empower each other, and we're connected, and we support each other through uh, sharing stories of suffering. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's fantastic. Is it interesting what you you know saying about that that empathetic response? It is I think it's something that people sort of dish out as like a really easy thing to do. Everyone's got empathy, but actually it is quite hard and, and you have to work at it and you have to have the inclination to work in it. And I guess like you were saying, Pete, it's a lot easier for people, I think, to empathise with physical illness, uh, even the more sort of the mental the health yeah. difficulties that feel more not your fault. Yeah. And I'm saying that, not thinking it, knowing that addiction is not someone's fault a lot of the time, but it's, it, or it never is, but... Do you know what I mean? That's how, how yeah, they see it. Because it's kind of like, well, you... you and, I, and I think the difficult thing with that is everyone assumes that how someone responds in any given situation is how they would respond or not respond. But actually, you know... So, so I drink, and I've drunk a lot in my life, drunk regularly, and I've had um, situations in... A lot earlier for me at university where I did way too many drugs um, was probably again that word functioning addict I guess um, but I was very fortunate came home had people to look after me you know it, someone else could have that knife edge where that isn't there or there's an added extra trauma or there's something else going on mm-hmm. and they go down a completely different path and I think mm-hmm. people sometimes look at addiction and they go well, oh, just handle his drink, just say, learn to say no, mm. you know, all, all this shit that is what it would be like for them because they haven't been through that person's life. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like empathy for me is actually uh-huh. understanding. I don't, my, my way of empathising with someone is to know I can't truly understand what their life is like because I've never been them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it's... Know? So if they're telling me it, that's it. Like if it's, if it's so hard, if it's, if you feel something so strongly and you just cannot not do it, it's a weird it's one. Like, my place to say a, a good a good analogy of addiction is almost like say you go out and you start playing with traffic, mm-hmm. and you get hit by a car and you break your arm. Then next day you go back and you're playing with traffic again and you break your leg, and then you go out and then you get hit by a bus and then you're in a wheelchair. But then you're rolling the wheelchair out into the road and you're still playing with traffic. And people are like, why you keep playing with traffic? You know that's the, that's the kind of um, just 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 way it feels when you're stuck in that way of thinking. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, uh, it's one of those things like obviously with, you know, drinking and drugs and you know, when it com- comes to certain types of drugs, debts rack up and you know that you're in debt and you know, you know there are consequences, but the consequences just don't matter. Until that point that you're, people lose their lives. Do you know what I mean? People get fingers chopped. The horrible things that happen in this world around addiction and you know, that's another pipeline to go down. But just to, um, you know, you got to get to a point when you're ready, and not and not everyone is as lucky as having the support that I've had around me in terms of. And I just want to shout out, obviously, to my parents, my housemate last year who set the whole rehab thing up, my clients who I have been completely transparent with and have all stayed with me and supported me through this. Like I cannot express how grateful I am for you know, this part of my life and, and, and now everyone around me support. And not everyone is that lucky. You know, I know I am one of the lucky ones. I've been to rehab and a guy that I live with is now dead. 
Mm. Yeah, he passed away um, about two, three months ago through alcohol. Um, that I live with at rehab for five weeks. He's no longer here. It's a fatal malady. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it's fatal. It's a killer. Um, and like, I, I mean, that is amazing. Like that, someone's sort of clients would, would stick with you through that and support you. And I've got to say that, mate. I don't. I'm not even that surprised because I, I don't. You know, bit of background. Like we, me and Peter, we're not like the closest of mates for a long time right? we've known each other for a long time in sort of various areas um um just always kind of got on but i every time i've seen you do your work you are so generous with your energy you know and mm. i think i said that to you when you were telling me this before like you 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 put out so much yeah and i think that's an important thing for people to remember is actually sometimes it's i don't like the word selfish but it is about being a bit like, okay, look, I'm putting all this out there. What am I keeping for me? Yeah. And actually, how, can I can and, I do that? And part of recovery is actually being selfish and actually saying, well, like I need some time, I need mm. some space, um, you know. And I made a lot of awkward phone calls. <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going away for a few weeks, okay. And then sort of cl calling my clients one by one and explaining what was going on. Mm. Um, but yeah, you gotta be selfish to, to, to grow at that point. And all my energy, all of my spare energy um, was going into my work. That was it. And that was my, another escape during the day, mm. putting my head into other people and, and, and just giving positive energy while I was there. And then as soon as I finished work, mm -hmm. boom, I'm stuck with myself again. Mm -hmm. That was part of my escape. Something going on underneath. Yeah. It's a correlation to what we were saying a, a minute ago um, about people suffering and the choices people make that we quite often don't understand or know what the triggers are, what's triggering the person to turn to heroin, what's triggering the person to want to pick up the pint. Some mm. people are taking drugs and they develop addiction because they were doing something recreationally. Yeah. They were just trying to have fun. Where some other people have got the worst lives you could possibly imagine and they're just trying to find some peace yeah. or some kind of distraction like yourself. You've got some kind of suffering going on um, and the way to deal with it externally with a substance leads to a darker path or, or, or suffering in a diff different way. Mm. Yeah. Well, that was me, to be fair. Like mm. I was in a situation uh, where m there was nothing in my life that wasn't like cushy, really. Um, but by going down a spiral, you then get to a point sort of, however, you know, a fair way into that spiral where you the reality hits and your way back is like, is pretty tough and you just carry on medicating I guess to to not accept it to like well fucking nothing else matters because I can go and do this so as long as I keep doing this I don't have to think about what's actually happening um, and I remember being sort of vaguely conscious of that to be honest sort of like every time you don't you're not you're not getting that hit you're the reality's coming back and it's like shit what am I doing what have I done um, and that's someone who didn't I never felt had much of an ex like not that there's an excuse but like a reason you know there, there wasn't yeah. anything I could pinpoint um, other than my own impulsivity which you know I've, I'm talking about a lot more on this and, and in my work but I think for me I've, I've just got this <laughs> impulsivity that could be a neurological difference we don't quite know that and that that wasn't like a mental health thing that was just a something I had to work on as well, you know, yeah. like in a different like different way, I guess. Um, I was really interested when you're talking about, because this is where the, the, so right, should we line it up a bit and talk about piggybacks? 
Yeah, yeah, sure. Because that's why we're here right now, obviously. Yeah. Not that we're not. Um, but this that, is why we piggyback. Yeah. This has led to it. We had to tell the story first, right? Because when we were talking, and I, I, I think you're right, Dom. I think being able, being brave enough to talk about it, building awareness, connection, people going through similar things is so important. And we're in a good place, I think, now where it's much more spoken about. Mm-hmm. My only concern sometimes is I don't think it's enough for everyone. It can be for some. It can be the absolute thing they need to do is just talk and, mm-hmm. and share it, mm-hmm. and I can get it out off the chest and out in the open. But for some, I don't. I, I see some people sharing it a lot, and it doesn't seem to get better. It turns and into an affirmation, doesn't it? If you talk about it too much, you, yeah. For every action, is an equal and opposite reaction. Well, self-fulfilling you know? prophecy. If, if I am talking Absolutely. myself about being how depressed I am, mm-hmm. it does feed into that. I I believe I'm not a mental health practitioner, but there are um, there are certain things. So there's a fantastic book called How Emotions Are Made by Lisa Marie Feldman, which I talk about a lot on this and other things. And there's some neurological research that kind of suggests that when when we have an emotion that we name and clarify, yes, the part of the brain that registers that emotion, your amygdala, your limbic system, fires in everyone pretty much the same way. It's your survival mechanism, fight, flight, all that kind of stuff. But the upper part of the brain and the cerebellum, prefrontal cortex, you could, I could put all three of us into it, and they did this, they put all three of us into an MRI machine, fMRI machine, elicit a feeling of what we would say is sadness. So we all use that language, we'll call it sadness. And nothing in our brains is very similar in that top part. So the, the connections in your brain are firing slightly differently, yours, Pete, mine as well. Everyone's acknowledgement and everyone's experience and everyone's definition of an emotion is potentially slightly different mm-hmm. so i guess um i don't know what i'm talking about now but um there it, to me and it, it sounds really crass and you shouldn't i don't think you should say it to someone that's struggling necessarily that you can think your way positive or uh it's Fake just the way you yeah, yeah you just you just need to call it something different but there is studies there are there is science that kind of suggests that if you can find a way to do that if you can take an action you can change that that neurological pathway. A CBT kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, kind of, but, but yeah. also activity. You, you mentioned Absolutely. about... Um, if you pretend to laugh enough times, you will eventually make yourself laugh. Yeah. It will become funny that you're trying to make yourself laugh. It might feel embarrassing. There's, it might there's, feel silly at the beginning if you're sat there suicidal, crying your eyes out. Yeah. Well, why, after why a while, are people your brain country? will actually react and you'll laugh. There's, there's higher mental health rates in a lot more Western countries than there are some poorer countries. It doesn't make sense because if it's all about circumstance... I think it makes perfect sense. Then it wouldn't matter. Why do people that are rich and have loads of money and everything they want, why do they go off the rails? It's because it's... It's not about circumstance. It's it's, it's something else. Not. Yeah, it's activity. They're, they're it's what occupied. you do. You know, mm-hmm. and how you live. When I you're think. surviving, yeah. you don't have a choice to consciously think about how happy or unhappy you are with anything. Yeah, you've got yeah. to survive. So your brain's occupied on surviving. If you're in a but anyway, so that's why we see. Yeah, that's why we did a piggyback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Long and short, we said we got to do something. That's just as Men- carrying people. I yeah, got it was a, it was a metaphor of carrying a mate. We wanted to do something that kind of showed physically what mental health is about. I guess working with each other and connecting. Um, now that bit makes sense. You previously well, in, said, in short, <laughs> you, pre- you previously said that you felt that your friends had carried you and your support mm, network yeah. had carried you from a dark time where you couldn't carry yourself, and without that, you you may have failed. 
And so you wanted to then use that to encourage others to carry their friends yeah. and that we can carry each other. But also altruistic activity. Of, when you carry yeah. someone else, mm -hmm. you, you build your own mental health because you, mm -hmm. you're doing something good for someone mm -hmm. else. It feels good and as well. And your physical so, body, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I get the carry. I know how we got there. How did we get to a bloody marathon? I was thinking this so, day. Yeah, no, it just says no other we, significant distance. Is it there? was like other than hundred meters. Like what's next? We marathon. we we hooked up and it was around like ballpark seventh of December last year. I think about four or five days later, I was driving to Columpton on a Saturday morning. And I just got a huge cup of coffee. Yeah, and you and you were talking like, right, what are we going to do with this? Yeah, I know what we're going to do with this event. How far do you think is a credible distance? And I just went, well, it's got to be a marathon. Oh, right, so you were <laughs> I just, yeah, it was, I remember saying, just, it's got to be a marathon, mate. Um, and and then from there, it was like, right, is this possible? Um, and uh, what? Which we weren't. At. So we weren't entirely sure. No, we weren't. The other week, no, we didn't start the actual training because it was like, right, that's in the pipeline. I think you know, I the lockdowns going on and everything else and it we came around it's march or april sort of time so yeah march or april sort of time and we were like right um now's the time um and we went down to carrot barton didn't we um we worked out it was about a mile of oh, the playing fields the yeah. playing fields and we experimented with different ways of carrying we tried yeah. a fireman's carry you um, got on my neck you got on my shoulders yeah no you got on my shoulders because i yeah. i had an impingement in my That's neck it. the next day I remember it was absolute, uh, absolute agony. Uh, we did the first day, we did an hour's training just trying to piggyback, trying to piggyback each other around Carrot Barton. I remember my feet, my back, everything, uh, everything was sore for, for three days. Yeah. For three days. It was like, we're not going to be able to do a marathon. So we talked about doing it over a weekend initially. Yes. I was like, right, we're going to do a piggyback we're marathon. We're going to camp overnight. It's going to be romantic under the stars. It's going to be good bonding. It's and But for the cause, yeah, and it was meant to be in the summer. Uh, and we built up, um, we kind of, because I, I was doing a lot, I was doing a lot of boxing training. I was doing a lot of boxing training and you were doing your gym stuff. So I was weaker in the arms and you were, you're, you're, you were feeling more in your hips and glutes, weren't you? So we just kind of like in between carrying sessions, we worked out where we were weak and what we needed to work on in terms of the S and C for piggybacking uh, on an individual basis. Uh, filled the holes, did the mobility stuff, met up, and then I think we tried maybe two hours. We got to three miles, I remember. Yeah. And then I was sore again for like three days. <laughs> um, and it was like, hit or miss, where are we going to do it? And I think we got through six or seven sessions where we started to go up to five miles, seven miles, nine miles. And then all of a sudden, I don't know who came up with the idea, but we were like, we could do this in a day, day yeah, yeah. Um, and we did a half marathon on May the 30th and it was 24 degrees that day and it was horrible I'm glad we did it in December uh, hydration was the battle that day um, and I was I was trying to do boxing training as well in between and I, I went to the gym on the Tuesday after doing a piggyback half marathon and my knee went <laughs> I had an LCL a meniscus strain um, which I you know I couldn't walk for days um, and we went back to, well, we were going to do the marathon the weekend after, weren't we? We were supposed to, was, yeah, we, we had it all booked in. Um, yeah, you called, I remember you called me or like messaged me, like, mate, I've done my knee. So how have you done your knee? Stretching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just went doing a pigeon pose. Are you joking? Um, but that's that was the demands we are putting on the body. And maybe I didn't realise, stupidly, um, I'm, well, 
it's one of those things, you know, I'm just going to train during the week and casually piggyback at the weekend. But this time we've done it two point minimal carrying sessions, minimal stress on the body and let's just do it. And we did four sessions. We did a, a, what did we do? We did an hour, three miler, and then we did a six, a six miler and then a nine miler. And then we just did it. it, So So four sessions over the course of about five weeks. Yeah. Um, it's weird how adaptable the body is like because again like that first hour if you'd have asked me after that first hour could we do it I'd be like no but we'll we'll try but no I don't think so I didn't think we could do it Um, and then even like when we had all that time off in the summer after the summer and then come back and did our first session again it it wasn't back to square one but it was pretty hard again and then by the next session you, you kind of you do adapt um, muscle memory to yeah. a certain I mean, extent for people that don't know me or Pete that well or haven't seen I mean I'm a hairy lump for anyone that's seen me but he, we're both about the same weight which is why we did it but that weight is what 105 108 kilos 16 and a half to 17 yeah, stone yeah so it's not it's not the lightest piggyback um, I mean there were times when we would like because we're in the, some of the short sessions we'd go a bit faster and there were times when I thought if my knee buckles here I'm absolutely toast but these things happen for a reason. I'm a big believer in faith. And as a result, when we when you first got injured, we'd raise 700 pounds. And yep. as of last count the other day, what, three, six, three times? Five, yeah, five it? times that amount. More importantly, the chap who sat here. Or piggyback fairy. Piggyback fairy. <laughs> piggyback wouldn't fairy. have been there. And I don't, I honestly don't know. I think we would have got it done somehow or another, but I don't know if it would have been anywhere near as doable without you Dom you you t- you how did you even because I've we've known each other on Facebook I don't think we've ever met before mm. um and you guys haven't met no, before I'm not sure if I've Facebook friends we might have done we crossed like we've got yeah. similar I've, mates I've met Pete before on a couple of occasions right I've, I've okay. seen you I've seen you around in the gyms yeah um, I can't remember where I was with Luke Griffith. It would have been. I did a lot. And, uh, yeah, did some boxing with Luke. Did some yeah. boxing with Luke, and um, he uh, he was actually doing. Uh, I'm I'm a visually impaired person, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so Luke was doing a. Uh, he was helping me to train for a triathlon um, that I was doing to raise money for um, charity Sane mm-hmm. for mental health and the RNIB, and I met you with Luke at some point somewhere. I can't remember. So Luke we was. Were. It would have been. It probably would have been at Fitness First because we were doing yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of boxing in 2019. Yeah, my first was. fight camp. I was training with Luke at least once a week, doing some technical stuff. With so him. why did you decide? I think it was now. I remember. I thought it was outside for some reason, but yeah. Why did you decide to turn up at five in the morning on your bike? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. No, like, we were talking. Like, we we, we found car, like stretching off and having, like having some pre-workout. We're like, is it? Is he really going to turn up at five? Like. <laughs> you don't know someone you're not sure if they no, no. Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely um huge effort it's a lot of reasons for it really it's a lot of reasons um I, i've got a nature i've been brought up with the pe- two polar opposite parents a father who had an extremely traumatizing childhood we, we often say he was dragged up not brought up um he often viewed love as a weakness had narcissistic personality traits was abusive uh, physically, mentally, all this sort of stuff. And my mother always justified the behaviour um, by telling me what happened whilst he was a child and how this impacts on a person. So from a very young age, I was be, I was having to draw on my deeper understanding of why people do what they do. Mm. 
you know, uh, I often have this story if you three o'clock in the morning and someone's banging around outside and sort of pub kick out time and you hear someone's kicking a car what's the, what are you, what's the first thing you think and of most people if you ask that question therapists and psychotherapists I've asked the question what, what do you think about this well I wouldn't be very happy I'm actually instantly instantly thinking why is that person doing that there's a lot of people just on the surface is this good or is this bad? And a judgment is formed and a construct is then built and that's where people act in afflictive emotion. So uh, for me, I'm instantly, constantly, usually, not not consistently, but usually I'm instantly thinking deeply about motivations for things and what things mean and how they work with cause and effect. So you want to put together why two knobheads were carrying each other. <laughs> well, I kind of knew, I, I saw this Facebook story um, about raising money and raising awareness mm. for mental health. So I understood this was a charitable gig. Uh, I didn't understand your, your deep personal motivations as people, mm. of course. Um, you could be a, a couple of guys out to get a reputation for yourselves or to slingshot yourself into. Um, you know, it could be anything. But my, my view was it really doesn't matter what kind of people these are, mm. what these guys are doing. And what it's going to do to raise awareness. I understood the piggyback thing straight away. I was like, that's really a strong metaphor. I really like that. That could be, uh, that could that could have a really big, big mm. impact if the right people, if a few people got behind it. You know, so I, think, I can't remember, was it was you I messaged? Or yeah. You, I couldn't remember. I re- messaged, messaged one of you. It might have been the person that shared the post. Yeah. I must have been friends on Facebook. Um, so I, I sent a message. What, what, what team have you got? What, what, what just us. Just the two of us. Is it just the two of you involved in this event? Or, uh, you know, what, what PR work have you done? I wanted, to, girlfriend I wanted to empower it. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to empower it. I mean, as a charity fundraiser myself, I see somebody else raising uh, funds. It doesn't harm me to share something on mm. my social media. You might get five pounds, two pounds, ten pounds, fifteen. You might get a few shares. Um, I mean, things go viral by one person sharing and then two people and then three and before you know it you've got a whole tree uh, just off one branch you know you've got the root system or what have you but it, for me it was a really inspirational thing to do um, and it was something that I thought was very powerful I wasn't sure you were going to be able to do it okay so you, that's sure you did now we can't get into it you, you come along you thought <laughs> it was incomprehensible so broken and crying I after thought I'm going to see these here. really big buff <laughs> men that are at the top of their games on their local local celebrities I'm going to see these boys with their pants down I'm going to see them broken and crying and I'm a psychopath and I enjoy watching people's pain <laughs> that's why I came well I don't I don't <laughs> mate, you, I would have taken that as a reason mate it uh, definitely helped yeah. us we, we hadn't really thought through like I went out the night before with some black bin bags of like sweets and dumped stash them points. in a few places yeah. and stash points must have looked so dodgy but other than that, we'd have run out of all of that. Well, I think you shared the route, and I, I looked at the route, and it was when I did my first marathon distance with Luke Griffiths. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew on the way back that I, I wasn't prepared for that. And I thought, I don't know how anybody can piggyback some of a 26.3, I think. Two, well, well, it did like, point four in the end, wasn't it? I mean, the marathon distance, something like 26.3. Yeah, but technically, both of us only piggyback some of a half a marathon. Wow. You don't rest on top. 
No, you don't. No, when you I think, think of, you are your being. I don't want to yeah. piggyback someone for a mile. Half a mile. No, yeah. I don't want to go a mile. Because we we and said about how thing. we kept deciding what to do and then naming it, but actually I did at one point suggest we did two marathons so that we could both have done a marathon. Pete luckily said that's fucking ridiculous. Well, to be honest with you, don't I mean, I, I really, um, I it's really am, I really am. That. I'd be quite happy to uh, use my contact network. To really, if you were going to do this again, I was actually, I thought I'm going to no. have the respect to talk to these fellas. <laughs> no. I, I was, I was going to go on live Facebook and ask for a vote. Who, yeah, would, I mean, who it, would help come and witness if these boys did it again? It's a I world mean, what, record. What they will be in the Guinness vote? Book of World Records. The publicity that that would get, how you could be empowered to raise more money. How many people can you touch? How many people could you touch? I could touch loads of people. I mean, when I when when I did when I did my charity fundraising, the the charities and and I do apologise because I don't remember, but I had a spill. Fifteen pounds does X, Y, and Z. Ten pounds can supply this. Thirty pounds can supply that. Uh This many hours counselling can be given to. So I really understood. From from that experience, that you raise a thousand pounds doing this, you could save 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 lives. It's not a mm. joke. These these charities that support people yeah. with mental health, you've got them on the front line. You know, yeah. uh, that phone call could be life or death, mm. and that that's not a joke. No, you know, but so personally, for me, that was a big motivation. These boys are going to really uh, do something special here, and the money that's raised is going to go somewhere. Good. We no. could do something else though. You know, yeah. You know, we could raise money a yeah. different way. And I thought <laughs> you, you you deserve when you're doing a feat like that. I mean, there's a boxer. Um, there's a boxer. He's quite a controversial guy. He was a pro boxer, um, banned from pro boxing, and then he became the bare knuckle UK champion. Went over to America. He's a one man army. He's called T- Tyler Goodjohn. Right. You heard of Tyler Goodjohn? No, I haven't. Yeah. Oh, don't say that. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I just yeah, killed no, your point. He's great, he's great. Sorry, he's great. yeah, yeah, Tyler. No, but yeah. you know, he's a really controversial guy. He had a porn star um, girlfriend, went into creating a, uh, his OnlyFans account and a porn star, and he lost a lot of his following through some of the choices he made. But my opinion was always, you know, the guy boxes for his country, and what he does with his skill set has absolutely nothing to do with what he does in his personal life. And I still admire the guy this, the same way whether he what is, he's achieved, you know, whatever yeah. he does, what he achieves is separate to that, and what his skill set is. You wouldn't say to a gold medalist Olympian um, that they're an asshole because they shout at, at someone in the street when they're having a bad day or something. You know, I don't, I don't know the best example, but you get my point. What you've done there well, with an achievement is I, separate to anything else you've ever done in your life, hundred percent, or ever do. And we, the cause is all the of this cause. Dog, but I'm not doing it again. Yeah, you know, the cause is the mean? cause, and we, you know, can you imagine? Can you imagine that you guys go out and do this again? You no, can then no. say you can then say oh. you've piggybacked someone for a marathon. Well, be creative. Use your imagination. Did you never watch Barney? It's fun when you use your imagination. Yeah. Um, Barney, not big purple Barney, dinosaur. No. Um, no, no, Barney. Oh, for me, regarding me. regarding doing this again, like yeah. my my knee went, and I've got <laughs> I had good knees. Mm. I spent five hundred pounds of my own money on physio this mm-hmm. summer to mm-hmm. rehab my knee to then have mm-hmm. two fights, and then the week after my last fight, we started training for this again, and we said we're going to make sure that we do this properly, mm-hmm. and we're militant about constraints of changing over, not giving away distance to know from our hearts that we have done it and I can take that on with me with other things that I've done 
through rugby, through wrestling, through athletics. Like this is one of the big things I can look back on and say, mm. oh, I did a piggyback marathon. And everyone will say, what? Do you know, Do you know what I mean? I think it's you've just got a very like, valuable point that you've just brought up, you see, but this is where it, it kind of, the proof is in the point where we've met, I've met you guys. The time that I spent with you on this marathon, I, I got a really good grasp of what kind of people you were. Um, Christ, and, you uh, so right, uh, well, yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm here He's again. Bang on. I'm here again. Um, no, I just what you just said there, I and mean, the fact that you didn't organise the publicity that you could get, the exposure you could get. From my perspective, I want to help with that. I want to empower that because the more of that you get, the more re people you reach. That's the point in what you're doing All is right. to encourage people to reach out, carry their friends when they need it. Don't be afraid to carry your friend. They carry you back. You know, and, and reach out and connect with your people. Get that old of an old friend. Yeah, that is why you did it. And the, the 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 fact that you didn't go down the route of organising it with press. But we did. We had spotlight there. Oh, yeah, I know, but I emailed them all. Um, I'm not saying <laughs> no, that you I didn't. Emailed but I emailed it all of them. Um, I was a bit disappointed with the BBC actually. Well, let's I'm, not slate them. We might need them again. Yeah, if you're listening, BBC. Thank you. That's a bit disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they, yeah, they did. Thank yeah, you for publicising us on television. Well, it's a tough one because we did, we did do a bit. It was only the radio station. I was disappointed to, to, to that fact because yeah. they, they kind of verbally agreed something. And then do you know what though, Pete? Like, Pete when we were walking over, you said that, and that's the first time we because we've not really seen. We've just caught up today properly. Yeah. yeah. You said about like I'll always remember, that, and I was real chuffed to hear it because I I. I've done a few like weird things like this and, and I just I do think they're really good for you. They they give you something to always remember and they're 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 an opted challenge that's minging. And then I I said to you like I think for the last like last four days I've been on a bit of a sort of residual high of just life's good, like life's okay, life's mm -hmm. comfortable. Um mm -hmm. but there's almost even something in it where because I used to take the piss on all our videos you'll have seen. I'd say, look, don't worry about the money. I just do. I'm doing this for Instagram likes. Yeah. Because I kind of, yeah. with a lot of charity stuff, I, I, I can't help but be cynical sometimes and look at yeah, it and think, I, you know, I is understand. that what it's for? Yeah. And in a way, it's kind of nice that actually we both feel really good about it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yes, I totally get what you're saying. The money and like doing more for mental health and like helping more people, 100%. But I don't know if I can push that because it just feels a bit like that's, it's okay. That's like, why I think a team of people well. around you this would be so great yeah, yeah. because what you've done is amazing. And that's the thing is the point I'm trying to make without my tangents um, is that <laughs> you guys, I, I mean, I watched for 15 hours, didn't leave your sides and you would carry somebody until you're exhausted. Your body's saying, no, that's enough. And you stopped and you took two steps back. Well, that was it. You know, you took I, two steps back yeah, and the other guy right. stands directly in front and you jump on again. You didn't steal a single no, foot. And if anything, to be honest with you, um, you were taking a foot backwards. You were taking two steps back and he's only one step in front of you. So for every time that you... Do you uh, know, I broke it down. We're exhausted. You, 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 know, you did a lot more than the distance in real because over 15 yeah. hours... If I don't know how many seconds you were piggybacking we, for. We wouldn't have been this exact, but if you average 50 metres of carry, it's 862 for the miles. Right. Oh, so really? We should have done yeah. it 862 times that we jumped. Even just, I was thinking this the other day, if I just, no. Just sorry, plyometrics. I, no. I think that's, I got my maths wrong. I think it's 862 each, 860 reps each. Right. To get to that done. So For the marathon. For the marathon. So we did 862 jumps. 
862 times. Amazing. And do you, that. Yeah. Do that as a workout. <laughs> see what happens. Do 862 yeah. jumps in the air. Yeah. Like, but by the end, I couldn't. I was saying to you, like, Pete, you're going to have to bend over a bit more, mate, because I can't fucking jump high enough to get yeah, on. Like, yeah. And we were sliding off each other. Yeah. We were yeah, jumping yeah, We were jumping up and down, and then we were just <laughs> sliding off each other. By 5pm, we were coming between <laughs> Turf Locks and Countess Weir, and that was the longest two hours of my life. My body went numb. My body literally went numb, and every time I finished... Carrie and Sam, I just started almost screaming, didn't the I? The moaning and the groaning was... Just, was like, it, it was just it was, like an was, outlet of just... Ah! It was so interesting like, for me because at the beginning, you, you, you Pete, seemed to be the stronger one. You weren't... It's like you, it wasn't phasing you at all. Yeah. Um, and it seemed although you were going to be tough yeah. and, and get through this. And Sam was kind of... Oh, my, you know, oh, a little bit of groaning and struggling. Yeah, we hit different times. And, uh, and yeah. yeah, and <laughs> that route that you took with the big stones, that was craziness. That was so dangerous. Um, but yeah, it seemed like you were going to be absolutely fine. By the end by of it... By 5 p.m. By the I end of dead. it, every time you got... Oh, oh yeah. you know, and the, the, the tablets you're having to take to bring the swelling down and, you know, no, and I could start to the see poxy. the distance, yeah, yeah, yeah. the distance between when you guys needed to load up on sugar and carbs. It's getting smaller yeah. and smaller, yeah. and, smaller yeah. and smaller. But by the end of it, the last bit, it was really just exactly iconic as it was. You carried him in the beginning, mentally, I'm not talking physical, I'm talking yeah. mentally, in the beginning, your strength was empowering him to continue. And it was By the end versa. of it, I just could, I can't put into words how I felt about him when he was powering, yeah. running with you on his back, well, the leg muscles exploding. And I was thinking, this guy's an ogre. Yeah, this yeah. is not human. I mean, I mean, it's been thirteen hours. Ogre, okay. Yeah. Thirteen <laughs> hours. Thirteen hours of piggybacking. It, we weren't even halfway, and I knew you guys both wanted it to end. Massively. Oh yeah, it was a long. And day. it was sort of like my job came into play on the way back, about a third of the way back, I was expecting you guys to w maybe break at that point. Mm. And having done the marathon distance before, yeah. before I kind of knew that about the third of the way back, you start imagining I, you're further home than what you think you are. Because yeah, you've gone one way, you're going back the way you came. So you, you kind of think that it's going to go quicker. Yeah, but I, then you get around the yeah. corner and you think, oh God, it's this bit. I thought I was nearly at that bit already. And the, the mind starts to... I think we hit about 22 miles. And like you say, that's when I hit my wall. Mm. And I, I, I would, my, my carries were getting shorter. And I'd drop Sam and I'd be like, I'd say the dial. I was like, that's all I've got right now. <laughs> you know, it was, but it was all good. It was just like... It was literally picking yeah. up. It was literally, yeah. it was just so yeah. beautiful to, to well, watch. Well, there was, the, there was yeah. training sessions early on. Where, cause, so I've got no ACL in my left knee and not, not a lot of cartilage, which actually I think is not a bad thing because like, my motto was always, if it's not fixed, you can't break it, which is not like, what physios say. But but it was like there was a couple of sessions that particularly ran the key. Rugby flair. Where I was literally <laughs> shuffling. And Pete would just stomp on and, and like looking back he probably did like another quarter as much in some of those sessions. But so I always I don't again like I don't know each other massively well, but I always knew I felt like I knew about Pete that if I could I could do this with someone who was gonna be as stubborn as me and just would not stop. Yeah. Like, once he'd said he was gonna do it, would not stop. And that was like so when we were going through that bit where you were struggling, I I knew you wouldn't you weren't doing like you were doing what you could, um, 
you weren't fucking doing any less than what you could. Like yeah. I, I didn't feel like oh someone's fucking oh I'm doing all the it's fucking work. He's not getting into victim no, state. He's doing yeah. exactly what he can. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and I, I trust that. And yeah. you know, there were there were so many other times when yeah. it was the other way round, and I'm really glad because we we said that right from the start. To be fair, and I'm really glad we did that. There was never like because I think we did one training session where we did timed intervals. And then we sacked it. We like, did a faster one, didn't we? It yeah, we got like thirty three seconds. In, bell would go around and, double yeah. locks. Yeah, and it just wasn't the same. And I think it, it again, we're stretching the metaphor out a little bit, but that is part of it. It's like it's not about. It wasn't about who is going to do more, who's going to be better. It's just, just doing, getting it done it's together. The whole theme yeah. of it, yeah. the yeah. whole together, theme, the yeah. motivation for doing it, the the metaphor. It's it's all so powerful. It's all resonating so much. We can talk I've about I've changed my this. mind, Dom. I'm going to write a fucking film about You know, this. we can talk Come about this. And people can listen to this <laughs> podcast. But when you're really there, when you're really... I'm, my body wasn't... You know, I, I was walking, lightly jogging. You did a fairly solid bike ride. You did a long old bike ride. Yeah, you know, yeah, but I mean, I've run the distance. So it's sitting on your ass. I actually got a bit of a sore ass from the saddle. Right, um, I'm glad you mentioned easier, that. It was easier for me to, sure. to walk next to you and actually I was jo- lightly jogging because I, I had a bit of a sore backside it wasn't a bike for doing a marathon it was a you, know, you had a tough day mate you know, a, a, a cheap, cheap nasty BMX for running to the shop quickly on um, no it was a mountain bike to be fair you were at um, one point like you were bowling you came bowling back towards us in one of my toughest moments like with that stretch where I was struggling and you'd gone to Star Cross yeah and come around the corner with like it's like a fucking like bags I don't know the, a bull of Full of hope and glory because you have those, <laughs> those handlebars with like bags hanging off the end. Yeah, those pigments like and, full of sweets and, and, and sugar and water. Like, yeah. And that's it. And people that showed up as well along the way with yeah, food yeah. supplies, Team Bean gave us some coffees and cakes. Yeah. And like all the people that chipped in and yeah, just showed way, up yeah, for us. Yeah, shout Team Bean. It's lovely, uh, yeah. Yeah, we won't go into my thoughts on the name there, but. Team being, yeah, it's all good, but yeah, just at the end of the day, lovely ladies, that lovely ladies. What was great about that again? We've already been through the points of the, the cohesion that we, we we got from working together and 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 accomplishing something that seemed impossible at one point. And when I was asked about it, you know, I got to bed in the evening and I couldn't get comfortable. I was just no. groaning in bed. It was like I felt like you were still on my back. But <laughs> what got me through that day was just knowing that whenever it was. That pain would end. Finish, yeah. That that pain would end, yeah. you know. And physically, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Um, but no doubt like in that. terms of just yeah. my personal battle with mental health, like I didn't know when that was gonna end. Yeah. 100%. You know, and I didn't have someone with me for a long time because yeah, yeah. I wasn't talking. So, yeah. you know, I encourage you if you're struggling. Pick up the phone, talk to someone, get professional help, reach out because that is the start of getting better yeah. and then do a pink black marathon and yeah maybe we can discuss if we get enough off the back of this oh potential. hang on Dom he's doing I've a 180 a question. he's doing I've a 180 potential. Potential. I don't know but it needs to be big already big I I'm, think there's already big I'm, I'm a long saying, way further towards saying, a new replacement if you went up the set if you went up a 10 metre staircase I think it's national news 26,000 times we've done records and it's been recorded professionally Maybe you know drones Who in knows? the sky through the whole journey. I live don't feed. know. I yeah, why not? Who's Guinness why not? Records. We know we've Sorry. done it. We know we've yeah, done I know, it. Yeah, I know. I honest. find that's very admirable. Um, it is very admirable that the fact that you didn't need anybody to be there to witness it, and you guys were doing it, taking two steps back, 
that's how you were doing it. That just shows what kind of people you are. Thanks. A lot of people would go out and do something like that. And when there's no one around, just kind of walk for a little mm. bit and then do it again, give them a break. Well, to be honest, Dom, really this, you, you know, the, the honour involved. It's all a facade saying thanks for coming, but if you hadn't have bloody showed up, <laughs> we'd have walked half of it. Um, I think we need to wrap it up just for time, unless you would, Pete, do you have something else you want to... No, it's just about? so, you say, just knowing that, doing a piggyback marathon, I couldn't live the rest of my life knowing that I hadn't done it, but said I'd done it. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. there's absolutely yeah. no way. I, in, in terms of the, well, the integrity, yeah, and the, integ- yeah. the integrity of having 750 quid in a kitty, me doing my knee and then going, what should we do? Well, we've got to do it. Yeah, like, yeah. we've got to do it, and we've got to do it properly. And that's uh-huh. why we don't want to do it again. Because well, yeah. we've done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, you know and what I mean? Like, when, yeah. we did, when we did the half marathon, because we made a big song and dance about doing the half marathon. We got so many likes, we could have just said we did it. Well, people said, people, yeah. when we started doing it again, people were like, I thought you did this already. I was like, no, we didn't finish it. We'll do it again. No one even fucking cares anymore. I'm going to cry. I've got a personal question. With me, I was attacked and I lost my eyesight through becoming the victim of an attack. Um, and I lost my eyesight in such a way that I lost my qualifications in a sense the the career I had laid up for myself and the NVQs I did when I was younger and an apprenticeship the degree I got from university it was all just kind of by the by now I'm not going to use any of these things I'm not going to be able to, to, to do the job um, and I found myself feeling lost for purpose mm. what, what am I going to do with my life and I find that a lot of people um, whether they've been attacked or they've gone through some trauma or not a lot of people um, their satisfaction with themselves in life, um, whether they're happy or not happy, is often to do with having a sense of purpose. You understand? Um, so I, I would personally be interested to feel from you guys, um, did this give you a sense of purpose? Did you find a sense of purpose in this? Like an achievement of a lifetime? I've done something that not many, you know, maybe somebody out there's done it, but mm. it's not recorded anywhere. I don't think anybody at all, maybe some African kids have carried their brother across the Sahara, you know, these guys that are carrying 20 foot of water on their heads that are just doing this thing to date, to date, to survive. Maybe these phenomenal super bodies in in extreme conditions have done something similar, but I don't think anyone in in (laughs) the Western world has... carried 105 kilograms for 15 hours. This was about... 12 months ago, having been through what I'd been through, getting vulnerable and trying to find the rap, the right platform to which I can sort of share my story to help other people. Uh, my initial fear was judgment, um, losing business, losing reputation. And it's got to a point now where I've worked through that and we've done something which I think is special. Mm-hmm. Um, without sounding like narcissistic or or anything like, I just truly think that that was worthy of purpose. The, the, the magnitude of what we've done for the purpose was just fitting something that people hadn't even thought of doing before, um, and and going out and getting it and just working at a goal. Um, so for me, moving forward, that I want to continue to spread. A message where you know I work in the fitness industry, but mental health is just as important as physical. And if, if the mind isn't right, the body won't follow anyway. Before we start, so having this kind of well-being umbrella will definitely be a massive part of the movement for me going forward. And who knows? 
who knows? The inspiration mm -hmm. comes as we go if we stay positive. Well, as you were you saying, know? how you know, it's worthy of something. It's really it resonates to me that you did find a, a, a sense of purpose in this. It was so it was I, worthy dude, of your I, commitment. I cried. Gave I you literally to focus on, when I got home, you know, I just cried. And you achieved something. Yeah. Um, you know? To myself, it was it was one of those like big life achievement things for me, getting this done. Cool. Um, yeah, and just just sheer gratitude for for sharing that day with me because mm -hmm. it's one I will not forget no, for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, fist bump. I mean, I, I feel the same. I did do, well, man. I didn't yeah, do yeah. that, but I mean, for me, it was a real honor and a privilege to be somewhere where something like that. It's not. It's unprecedented. You know, well, yeah, it's no unprecedented. Doing that, it is so. unprecedented. <laughs> you know, it's something that I witnessed. Nobody else witnessed. It wasn't recorded. See, you know, it's yeah. a special story I can tell around the fireplace. I struggle <laughs> sometimes because, like, I over a nice warm brandy. <laughs> I can't do that. But I'll have a coffee. <laughs> yeah. When you when you asked me that, I was like, well, I don't, I wouldn't see it like that. But then I I. I quite often get a bit of imposter syndrome sometimes because I don't feel like I've got a frame of reference as someone that's really struggled with mental health. But then sometimes I think, well, actually, if I can understand and break down why, that could be as helpful. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, the but comedian like, in me is holding back right now. Why? What, 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 <laughs> what were you going to say? You reckon I've got massive mental health? No, I just, I just you know, because we're on a podcast, nobody Addiction can see. Is like, Pete's really yeah. handsome, but if you saw how ugly... Sam was, you'd appreciate how strong mentally he is. You look in the mirror <laughs> every day. He's been fighting, fighting his way through life. That is comedy. That is right. comedy. Okay. Now, they're both very strapping, handsome lads. <laughs> Don't double back. Sa he is, double a, he, he is a warrior looking badass. <laughs> My point was. No, you're all symmetrical, mate. But yeah, okay, I've just, said it before. He's wearing like, a Hulk shirt, and I was looking at how ugly Hulk was, and then just put, took it from hey, me. Hey, I'll take Hulk. It's just green. No, it's just different. Stuff. I don't know, he looks pretty angry and angry's ugly where I where I'm Anyway, from. like <laughs> the, the purpose thing that getting out there doing something that is I, I think physically challenging, although not everyone can, I appreciate that. It's not always about the physical stuff, but if you opt into a challenge you get I think so much from that it can give you strength for those challenges you don't opt into. I don't think it's as easy as saying like pressure makes diamonds because if you didn't choose all the challenges in your life, it's a bit fucking harder to go. Never heard that saying before. That's the same. Have you pressure not? Pressure makes diamonds. That's brilliant. That's an old rugby one. Oh, that's that. an old that rugby one. That has to be. Yeah, but yeah, if, if you, yeah, say, I've never heard it. If you never say pressure makes diamonds to someone who, I don't know. But it takes a lot of carbon, lost, right? Lost all their I don't family. Know what that means. Like <laughs> a chemist. In, I don't know what in, that a, means. in a war zone. You know, you say that to people that have had stuff forced upon them. I think that's a bit crass, but if, if you put yourself under pressure uh -huh. in a way that yeah, you yeah, become yeah. more yeah. resilient. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That so, would seem unfair to someone that's unfairly yeah. under pressure. And I've always yeah. done that. So if, 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 if I can read anything from that, like that, and there were times in my life where I did feel my mental health was dipping and I did something like that, did a few of those like, walk things. And like I said, with this one with Pete, it's been like, I've been high for about a week on it. Just like, oh, you know, life is good. Gratitude, it's like a scaffold for gratitude because if, if, if anything else is going difficult in life, at least I haven't got Pete on my back. Yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> that's done. It's like, it's, it's we're not past that. that. Well, like, just, yeah. to, just, uh, yeah. just, to, just to reiterate to, to people listening to this, this is what blows, absolutely blows my mind. These are two strapping, 
108 kilograms. you. I mean, Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, I mean, well, it's just... Oh. I mean, it's a podcast, so they can't see how ridiculous that is. I mean, <laughs> look, look, look see, he knows, he knows. Look see, he knows, he knows. Look, <laughs> him, up, look him up on Facebook. I've got, I've got a Roman nose myself. I've got a, I've got a Roman nose. But... Mark no, got it's, a Roman it's... nose if the Roman went into a wall really quickly. Have you? <laughs> As in, no, like, it goes okay. that way. I can't see that sort of thing. I'd need to be like. Did you even? So no, I can't see the details of. So you don't even know if I'm good looking or not. Really, I'll show you how close. This is more reassuring now. Now I can see. Well, don't come too close in case you say. In case you go on. I can't even see what colour your eyes are. Right. Unless you look up like that way, and I see the light reflect. Okay. Okay. I can see that your. No, I can see that your face is all symmetrical, and that you've got like a bit of rosy cheeks. You're not looking at the right bit there. I see your face is all like golden rule shaped, and your beard. Trim. I didn't know well, that. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Sorry, the, I was getting really offended when you were saying your, I was your ugly. nose and your chin and your chin and your tip of your nose and your eyebrows. I know you're all symmetrical, aren't you? No. I think no. you are. No. I, I think he is, isn't he? He is, isn't he? He's quite lumpy. He's, he's, listen, listen, look, look at the centre of his nose because this is might see things differently now, so I see the shape it's of his nose. Right, what, what the podcast is. The centre of his nose is the same distance from each side of his face, same distance from the top to the bottom. Symmetrical. He's symmetrical. Yeah, yeah. So that's a golden rule. Look it up, it's a golden rule. You can be a big or small, but if you're symmetrical and the distance between your nose and your face, you're attractive. So what's happened here, just to break this down, is Someone with a visual impairment <laughs> has cracked a joke to a comedian. Made a joke about me getting ugly, and I've really taken offence at it. <laughs> and now, we've and now he's explained track. to me that he didn't necessarily. Well, I don't know if to believe you or not. Anyway, people, it's been an absolute pleasure, boys. Um, let's do things again. Um, I need to wrap this up so that, I, that we can, uh, well, so that people can listen to it and not have to listen too long. I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you for listening. Please like, sh- share, subscribe. Donate. We can still donate, before, donate before, 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 before we shoot off. I really want to say you keep talking about Pete being on your back. So I'm anyway, 105 kilograms for 15 hours. 18 and a half. No, 18 and a half. 14 and a half to 15. Oh, 14 and a half. 14 and a half. I'm militant about all the hours. 105 kilograms. 26.3 miles. 5 a.m. to half eight. Ridiculous, guys. Ridiculous. But for a good cause, man. Nobody else is doing so, that, ever. If you go on to Just Giving, Piggyback Marathon, or you put any hashtag... You'll see how handsome they both are. Yeah, hashtag into anything, Piggyback Marathon. It's a very niche hashtag. You won't <laughs> find much else on there other than us. Please donate. It makes it all worthwhile. Um, and, yeah, if you want to share, like the, like the podcast. Yeah, thank you for listening. And thank you for having this. Well, up. and also, if you're in the extra area and you need a PT who just... You know, I'm not doing this for business. No. Let's not do that. No, no. You it's sure? all cool. It's all love. Yeah. If, if anyone in the area is struggling and needs a signpost, that's what this is about. This well, is not yeah. about business. If you need a so, PT, come to me and I'll tell you where he is. Yeah. Uh, good. yeah. All, good. all good. Boys, right. got a reputation. Cheers, boys. Cool. Big love, guys. Thank you. All right. This